Hi, I'm Reverend Grant Mansfield. And I'm Rabbi Andy Warmflash. And this, this is Common Grounds. It's good to see you. How are you doing? Good, Grant. I, I'm doing really well. That's an intense time for me. We're right mm -hmm. as we speak. We're in the middle of the high holiday period, mm -hmm. and um, so it's intense, but in a, in a good way. How about you? You know, it, things are going well. We just did our blessing of the animals this past week, so ah. it's not the high holidays, but it's you know the secondary tier. Right, it's the high holidays for animals. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, for, we had a bearded lizard and a pony and chicks and a bunch of dogs, so it was it was a lot of fun. So you know, I heard through the grapevine that you have a joke for me today. Yes, yes, I do actually. So um, we were talking about sin and. Yeah. That led me to think about guilt, Ooh. and uh, which I want to talk about a little bit. And mm -hmm. so, which brings me to this joke. It's it's a joke about a Jewish mother. Jewish mother's jokes are there's a whole genre <laughs> of Jewish mother jokes. I want to say they're very unfair to Jewish mothers. Uh, they stereotype them in a way which I don't think was ever appropriate. Certainly isn't appropriate today. But the jokes are the jokes. And this is about uh, a son who calls his mother, mm -hmm. and he says, how are you? And she says, feeling a little faint. And mm. he says, oh, mom, I'm sorry. What's wrong? Well, I haven't really eaten. You haven't eaten? Why haven't you eaten? Mm. Well, I've been sitting by the phone. I didn't want to miss your call. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's based in such some horrible stereotypes, but that that's a funny joke. <laughs> yes, right, and and clearly she wants him to feel guilty. Yes, yeah. So that's um, intentional guilt, right? That, right there. that is right. Inflicting, inflicting, oh, deliberately inflicting guilt with the hope that that will somehow make him call more frequently. I, my own sense is probably counterproductive. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to be made to feel guilty every time you call, maybe you'll call less. But whether it worked or not, it's a joke. Is guilt a good thing, Grant? What do you think? Mm. Yeah. You you know, I think guilt is, you know, guilt is an emotion, right? We can't really control when it comes up unless we're actively trying to guilt someone into something. But I think when it naturally comes up, it's not something that we can judge as good or bad it is i think it's what we do with it that determines the the goodness or the badness or whatever it is that we connect to it like for instance when i think of guilt if if i feel guilty because i took the last cookie in the cookie jar and i know that my husband likes cookies if that guilt motivates me to go out to the store and buy more cookies so he has one then was that guilt a bad thing no it it, it prompted me into something but if I just stayed in that guilt the whole time, I was like, oh my gosh, I ate the last cookie and I did nothing with it and I just stayed dwelling in it. Maybe that's a more of a negative yes. side effect of it because I'm sitting with it rather than letting it propel me. Yeah, I, I think that's right. You know, I was thinking about this and it strikes me <laughs> that there are two kinds of guilt. 
Mm-hmm. There's productive guilt mm-hmm. and yeah, unproductive guilt, right? Yeah. So productive guilt is what motivates us mm-hmm. to buy the cookies, right? Exactly. To do the right thing, to resolve, you know, through a certain self-critical process that we're, we're going to be better. But then there's unproductive guilt, which is just feeling bad about ourselves and who we are and not bad about our choices but feeling like bad people Mm. um and that's not helpful no it's not in fact i think that's when when we think about a lot of the pain that we carry around in our bodies and in our families i think it has to do with guilt that we haven't processed through and actually dealt with right we just it we cling to it and it becomes that poison that kind of sits within us and drives all of our actions and what I've found at least, I don't know if you have, but if we're not dealing with the thing that's causing that guilt for us, we project it out onto other things and it, we yeah. cause, we lash out and cause more pain to others. What I, do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think that that can be true. I do. I think that it, it can be a terribly destructive emotion. On the other hand, the lack of it, right? It, it sort of defines a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Doesn't feel guilty about anything and no empathy for anyone. So um, so I've been thinking about this a lot because mm-hmm. we're in the middle of the high holiday period. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking particularly about Yom Kippur, which as we're recording this is just uh, two days away. Yeah. And one of the things about Yom Kippur is that if you if a Jew goes into a synagogue and or even at home actually mm-hmm. and they sincerely pray and they make amends they can walk out without guilt hmm. you mm-hmm. leave it behind you mm-hmm. know that god has forgiven you mm-hmm. you need to have forgiven yourself and it's a clean slate mm-hmm. and that sense of release mm-hmm. from all the guilt that you've carried around with you for the previous year. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people see this in a very negative, oh, you have to fast and you pray and you beat yourself up and you confess all these sins. But actually it's a cleansing process. Yeah. I love that you use the word cleansing in that. that that's how I experience it. And I think that's how... And the, the Christian tradition, we understand if we work through our guilt in, in a productive way, like you were saying, you know, in the Gospels, we, we have Jesus recorded talking about how we, we approach one another who has harmed us or, or if we have harmed them, how we're meant to approach and make amends out of that guilt. You know, the guilt is the thing that helps us say we've harmed someone. And, and essentially what Jesus talks about is, you know, you go and you, you try and make amends. But recognizing that the process of forgiveness, which is connected to guilt inherently, that doesn't solely rest on how that other person receives your, your repenting, right? It's, it's acknowledging that you were trying to make those amends and that the harm is real and that person might need more time to process that harm. They have, you know, they don't have to forgive you in that moment just because you are all of a sudden guilty and you're finding repentance. Yes. But but it by by doing it, it still frees our our hearts to be able to mm. move on. We don't carry it with us, and hopefully, 
ideally we've learned something about that interaction so we don't cause that same harm again. Yeah. So I, I, I was really struck by your words. Mm. You said they don't have to forgive you in that moment. Mm. And underlying that is a sense, well, they do have to forgive you, right? That there is a religious imperative mm. to forgive. Do you think that's true? Do you think we have to forgive people? Ultimately, I think for, for followers of Jesus, people who are Christian, I, I believe it is a, it's an imperative part of what we see in Jesus' teaching. You know, I think I talked about this in our last episode where one of uh, Jesus' disciples comes up to him and says, how, how often should I try forgiving someone? Seven times. Yeah, says, 70, right? Yeah, I se- remember you 70 said times that. seven. Yeah, 77 yeah. times. And, it, it, and really when we get into it in Christian theology, it, it really ties into to Christ and our understanding of of God, which is ultimately forgiveness comes from God, that, that we, whether we know it or not, we cause harm all the time. You know, whether it's intentional or not, we, we cause harm. And God is the one that's always offering that forgiveness. And for Christians, we see that fully revealed in Jesus and his death and resurrection. And because of that, the followers of Jesus we are compelled to attempt that forgiving process. That's not saying there's a, a timeline in which that forgiveness has to be done. You have to do the processing work. And when you've been harmed in a really traumatizing way or painful way, it, it can take a lifetime to go through that healing. But the Christian path is about journeying through that healing. Even if it takes your whole lifetime, it's mm. about trying to free our hearts from from that pain, and that's part of that right. forgiving process. So, right? I mean, I think you're talking about a kind of internal <clears throat> process, right? Mm-hmm. But do you have to say, if someone says to you, well, yeah, I did that to you, forgive me. Mm. Do you have to say, yes, I forgive you? I would say if you don't mean it in your heart, you shouldn't say that. Ah. Right? Uh, it, again, it comes down to really, you know... Wow. You so say? now you've taught me something I didn't know, because oh. my sense of Christian... So mm-hmm. I, I'll give you two examples of why. And, mm-hmm. and these are Catholic examples, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Episcopals and Catholics, I don't... But so here we, are the we two differ examples. some in that. <laughs> you remember that uh, someone tried to assassinate the Pope, mm-hmm. and his response was, I forgive him. Mm. Right? Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. And I thought, he shouldn't do that mm. because this person has shown no contrition. He mm. hasn't repented. He hasn't indicated that he understands what he's done and he doesn't feel bad about it. Mm. At least we don't know that. Right. So the second example I'd give you, I served many, many years ago on a New Jersey State Commission on Racism, Religious Violence. Mm, um, mm. And we had a hearing, and there was a woman who was the victim of a very serious crime. Mm. I, I think her, and I could be wrong, but it, her daughter was raped and murdered. It, it, was, oh it was horrific, right? Oh. And she was a faithful Catholic who was riddled with guilt because she could not forgive the person who did this. Mm, And mm -hmm. she saw it as a personal failing, Mm. that she could not bring herself. And I was sitting there saying, nor should she, Mm. nor should she. 
this, it seemed to me, in a sense, imposing more pain on the victim rather than helping them to heal. I don't know what you think yeah. about that. Yeah, no, and I think this goes back to what I was saying, right? If we don't mean it in our hearts, we shouldn't be saying that we forgive people. And I think that sometimes happens in um, in the Christian church, and, you know, not to speak, you know, ill-advised of a, a different branch of the Christian church, but that that is a particular way in some, I think, more stringent kind of strict understandings of the faith. Yes, you say, I forgive you, and then you move on. But but if you haven't done that internal wrestling and that internal processing of your pain, I mean, it, it's a process, right? You know, forgiveness is, you get to that by processing your pain, being able to name it, but it also doesn't end at that forgiveness, right? You know, we have to continue on with the restoration and the reconciling that happens in that. And what I heard in that woman's story is that she's still in that space of woundedness. Yes. And, and what I see in, in the Christian tradition and the teachings of Jesus isn't saying, you know, you, you have to say this thing to make this other person feel better. It's more about the process of forgiving is about freeing ourselves from the weight of that pain and that trauma just as much as it is for the person asking for that forgiveness to free themselves from it. And so a good example of this that I come into is with my dad, actually. There was a time early on in our relationship where we didn't talk for three years. We, we oh, did a wow. lot of headbutting over lots of different things. And as I've grown and matured, I've learned a lot more since then. And I think same And then you too. come to the point you can build a deck with him, right? <laughs> yeah, were... yeah, yeah. We were building a deck. So, you know, we're, we're all well and good. But, you know, during those three years, I couldn't find it in my heart to forgive him. I wasn't in that space. I had to process the pain and all that just the same way that he did. But what I found from him was that he came to that place of forgiveness before I did because he would continue sending me birthday cards wow. and Valentine's Day wow. cards. He just wouldn't give up on the relationship. No, Yeah, exactly. And that that's the thing. It's recognizing that forgiveness isn't saying... I forget everything that you've done that was horrible and that we're ignoring the pain. It's not that. It's it's actually naming the pain and owning all of that and then saying, we're not going to let this define us in our relationship as we move forward or whatever that looks like, even if that means there is no relationship mm. there. The relationship can leave amicably. So, so I, You yeah. know, what you're saying reminds me of something— I, I don't know if you know the name Harold Kushner. He he wrote I do. a book. You know that I do. wrote when bad things happen to good people. So, I love that book. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's a remarkable, remarkable man. Anyway, he wrote something uh, which really struck me in in a different book, where he talks about a woman who, you know, has come through a terrible divorce, uh, and she just feels all this animosity towards mm -hmm. her ex husband. And what he says is that she is like, I think he says this to her, you're like a person who's carrying a burning coal in your hand and you're refusing to put it down. Mm -hmm. in, in, in other words, sometimes forgiveness is for you. Exactly. Right? It's, it's the process of letting go. And, and if we think it's for the other person, then we have to ask whether they deserve it. But if we think it's for us, if we can bring ourselves to do it so that we can move on. So I, it, I, I, so I want to make this distinction. I don't think that people have an obligation to forgive. Mm -hmm. But it is good for us. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and, and again, you know, I think this is a distinction, right? In the 
Christian faith, we, we do say that it, it's, it, obligation is a very strong word. I think it's for those of us who choose this path, we are choosing to, to embark on that healing process. But something that you said is quite distinctive. Talking about, you know, forgiving ourselves is a good thing, but, but you know, it, before we go and forgive others, we have to determine if they deserve forgiveness. What Say a little bit more about what the, your understanding well, so of deserving I, what forgiveness What it means, means to me is that a person needs to acknowledge, uh, and by more than lip service, what they've done. If someone says, I'm sorry you're hurt, mm. they're not owning anything. No. Right? Oh, I feel bad, you feel bad, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to, I feel terrible that I did this to you. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that in order to earn forgiveness, you actually have to acknowledge what you've done. I, I'm always, I'm, I'm struck by people who make these apologies. You know, I apologize if I have done anything to offend you, meaning... Uh, well, if you feel that way, I'm certainly, I feel bad about it. But I, I, you know, we talked last time, I think, a little bit about this, this idea, Jews around the high holidays going around and asking each other for forgiveness right. um, in a rather pro forma way. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if there's anything I've done to hurt you in the last year, please forgive me. And, and I don't think that's really meaningful. And I, I was mm -hmm. thinking about it since we spoke last, yeah. and it struck me that there's another way to have that happen mm. in a much better way, mm -hmm. which is to go to people you know and say, please tell me if I've done anything to hurt you in the past year. Mm. So it's approaching it from a place of openness and yes, I, I might I, have unintended. Right. Part. I want to know mm -hmm. because you, you're important to me uh, and I may have. I don't know that I did, but I may have. And I want you to tell me mm. so we can talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I love that. And I will say, I do think that this is a distinction that we, we have because it, from, from what I see about this is, you know, whether we deserve forgiveness or not, you know, the Christian faith teaches that that forgiveness is there now, whether we choose to accept it or not. And I think that's maybe where we kind of have some resonance of, you know, are, are we truly repented in our hearts when we've caused harm? Or uh, it ha have we healed enough to be able to offer that forgiveness? But, but that is a distinction of, I think, Christian faith, where forgiveness is offered no matter what. There's nothing we can do to deserve it, mm. but what we can do in response to it is, is what matters. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if we say believe, you know, oh, okay, God forgives me, great, I'm good, but we go on doing what we're doing. <laughs> that hasn't changed our hearts, and have we really accepted the forgiveness in our hearts? But if we say and believe, God forgives me, and that frees us, and then we change our lives and how we live, you know, th there's nothing we did to earn that forgiveness, but out of gratitude and out of thankfulness, our life changes, and yes. it makes the world a better place. So th what you're saying reminds me of something that Maimonides said, mm. right? So Maimonides, Maimonides. Who, who has a whole treatise on the laws of repentance, says that a person who—and we're talking about now seeking forgiveness from God, right? Yes. So he says that a person who 
says these words without intending to change, mm -hmm. right, is like a person who would go into a ritual bath in order to cleanse themselves while holding on to a source of impurity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? the, the bath doesn't do anything, you're, you're, right? You're clinging, you're clinging to impurity. This really raises a question that I want to talk to you about, and mm. we don't have time. Right. I want to talk about Jesus. And I, I do too. Because <laughs> if we don't disagree on this rant, we don't disagree on anything. I know. I, <laughs> I, I, so I want to talk specifically the next time we meet about whether what it means to say that through Jesus, and maybe I'm misunderstanding, mm -hmm. but that people earn forgiveness through Jesus and specifically through Jesus's death. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm happy, and I would love to talk about that. We might need a couple podcast episodes if we're going to fall into that. There's volumes I, uh, on that. I, well, I, I think we need a couple of drinks. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe instead of coffee, um, we'll, we'll have a you know whiskey in it or something like that. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Well, so let's, let's really try to engage that I think next so. time. I'm looking good. forward to it. Me too. All right. Until All right. then, I hope you have a blessed Yom Kippur. Oh, thank you so much. I'll see you soon. See you soon.